Thanks for joining us for this episode. And I do want to remind you to make sure that you are following us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you may listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at church advance. And you can actually watch video versions of each episode. We'd also really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review and share this content with other pastors and church leaders. We want to help as many of these folks as we can. And so we'd really appreciate you sharing this episode with your friends. Well, thanks again for joining us as we begin today's episode and continue to advance a reformation of fellowship, partnership, and gospel hope amongst Bible-believing pastors and churches. This is Church Advance with Brian Sams. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Church Advance podcast. Brian Sams here. And man, here we are. We are in the middle of February moving forward uh, with uh, life ministry this year. I hope it's going well for you. I hope the content's been good. And uh, man, we're excited about this show. And then we're excited to begin to release some of the material, some of the talks uh, from the Church Advance Conference that we recently hosted here at River City Baptist Church. Uh, today is an exciting day for me. I got a friend here coming on the episode today. I'll introduce him in just a moment. Uh, we're going to be talking today, though, uh, about really let's get down to business. And the idea is my guest is a pastor, but he's also a businessman and was a businessman before he was a pastor and has so much valuable insight into business and church and, and how they relate one to another, and just some insights there. And so I want to welcome, uh, first of all, Luke. Uh, Luke, our producer, is going to be with us today, and uh, my good friend, Brandon Nicely. Guys, welcome to the podcast today. Welcome to the episode. Luke, here we are again, man, back at the uh, Church Advance podcast. Good good to see you, man. Yeah, yeah, it's good to, good to be back. It was great to be with you in person there just last week uh, for Absolutely. the conference. So I'm super yeah. excited about releasing some of those sessions, man. It was yep. so good, and uh, yep. it's gonna gonna be great. And, and then uh, and, and now we're we're in this we got this little tr trio going on. This is the first time. Brandon nicely is here. Brandon, welcome to the podcast, man. It's good to see you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's an honor to honor to be on here. Yeah, Brandon and I have been friends, uh, I mean, really for about a year now and just uh, uh, just started with some conversations about preaching. And now we really talk you know, at least at least twice a month and catch up on all kinds of things. Um, talk ministry shop. I was privileged to go to Victory Baptist Church in Clifton Forge, Virginia this summer on a trip with my son, Brent, and got to see this ministry. And man, I. I appreciated, you know, what Brandon was doing anyways, but man, after seeing his church in this really rural community, uh, I was, I was, I was thinking, man, this is a, this is a dynamic church and with, with, with just a, a lot of things really going well and growing church. Um, and then just getting to know Brandon's story about being a businessman, then becoming a pastor and, and leading this extraordinary congregation 
I thought, man, what a great, what a great story. I want to talk some shops. So Brandon, I would just start by, first of all, just tell me, tell us a little bit about your family, a little bit about your church that you pastor and tell us a little bit about just how rural Clifton Forge actually is. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, Brother Sam's and it was, it was an honor to have you down and I'll uh, spend some time and consider you a great friend. And I've learned a lot from you. And if you ask anybody in this area, uh, they'd be shocked to see that I uh, become a pastor as well. And I uh, started in the business world and uh, grew up in this area. It's a small town, 3,100 roughly give, give or take a little bit population in Clifton Forge. And so it's very, very rural. There is no Walmart in Clifton Forge. You do have to go all the way to, to Covington. There's one in the county, but not in our town, if that tells you something uh, about the area. And uh, not not a lot here, but a lot of good people and uh, people that love the Lord. And so the Lord called me back here. I've uh, been in the pastoral realm for about three years and was in the business world for 20 years and uh, still am. Yeah. Hey, Brent, I just want to give some perspective here. You know, we know numbers aren't everything, but just, just tell me a little bit about like, uh, I'm trying to make a comparison because some people this this is hard to actually connect. But you 3,100 people in your community, but your church uh, on average on Sunday morning, how many guys been having in attendance on a, on your good days on Sunday? Yeah, on on average, um, since the fall of the year, we've averaged a little over 200. We've had as many as 240, 245, uh, and so we average a little over 200 on on our uh, Sunday morning services. Yeah, and this is this is like ten percent of the community, uh, and it, it's it's not that simple. I mean, there's people that drive, you know, obviously, you know, from the surrounding areas, but it's still significant. I mean, you go, you guys have purchased a beautiful, uh, well, purchased a building and beautifully renovated it into this really nice facility, and it's just really one of these booming churches in a place you wouldn't think would be. I love it. I love it there. My son loved it there. We got to go fishing there. We got to go riding around on all the four wheelers on the, on the farmhouse. It's just a, it's really just this perfect atmosphere uh, for a great church, a nice relaxing experience, but just really what you guys are doing. And I love how you guys have seen people saved and baptized and baptizing at the lake. And just tell, 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 tell that story about uh, the guy that got saved or baptized right there on the spot at one of your lake baptisms. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, I got to back up one step because you asked about my family and I can't leave my wife out because without <laughs> Without my amazing family, I'd never be able to do this. When I told her the Lord was calling me to pass, she about to fall out of the chair herself. Uh, but got an amazing wife, been married uh, to her for coming up on 18 years. We have uh, two amazing kids, 15-year-old Bailey and 10-year-old uh, Emmy. And uh, so they're they're my life, and uh, they're, they're number one, and I appreciate them being very supportive of the ministry. But, yeah, we've had some crazy things happen. Uh, last quarter, we, we saw over 30 people baptized, saved and baptized. Mm. And uh, we were having a baptism lake. We, we have a baptistry. We still technically don't. We've got a, a horse trough that we use during the winter sometimes. But So we go to a, a local lake, and we were baptizing a young gentleman. And uh, after he was baptized, everyone was leaving, and his brother come up to me and said that he had actually gotten saved at a revival meeting six months ago. And uh, the first time he'd heard he needed to get baptized. And so we talked for a little bit. He told me his testimony. And uh, he said, can I get baptized right now? He had on a nice sweater, nice jeans. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've got a shirt in my car. And he said, no, I'll just dive in the way I am. And uh, we brought him back down to the 
the lake and he got baptized. And, and from that, uh, that was the first time his mom was there. His mom's now a regular attender. She was at revival every night mm-hmm. and, uh, the family members have came. So it, it's just a blessing how it trickles down. Uh, we see the Lord uh, work through people. Amen. It is an extraordinary work, man. I mean, I, when I was there, one of the adults that had been visiting some were saved and um, I got first time visitor was saved. I mean, it is people getting saved all over the place. So, man, that's what that's exciting, especially out in the country. You know, some, sometimes you feel like churches can get just comfortable and kind of doing what we always do. But I love you guys out there really, really after souls, really, really working hard at it and do have a great family, very hospitable. It's just a, just a joy to, to get to know you guys. And, and, and yeah, there's this, 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 this other storyline here. Um, being in the business world for 20 years, being pa- a pastor for three years. And um, and then you said that at the end there, I love that. And I'm still still in business. So very much so um, you are uh, co-vocational, uh, meaning two jobs kind of working alongside each other. I like that word bivocational almost has the idea that um, I'm, I'm doing two different things because I'm not able to just support myself. Uh, so, but co-vocational is I'm intentionally doing two things alongside of each other for one reason or the other. And I, I, I think it's an interesting concept, Brandon. I've been, I've been saying this for a while and I think it's true. I think co-vocational uh, is, is possibly the future of pastors maybe, but definitely staff. I mean, you know, the, the, the days of just porking a staff with a ton of people on these in large salaries and the economic challenges that we face, some of the things that we face, I think it's realistic. So, so, so how, you know, what would you say to that? If I said, you know, the few, what, how does that set with you? You know, the future could be co-vocational. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's definitely um, many positives to it. You know, coming from the business world first, um, being in an environment of, of uh, the working world and, it gives me a better perspective for uh, the congregation, especially with the time invested with family. Uh, you do have to really uh, be really good at time and things like that, but we don't do as many activities per se uh, outside of the church. We really focus on family and it's a lot easier to understand that, appreciate uh, your person working all day and then trying to ask him to do too much burnout, things of that nature. And, you know, there is time available for pastors. It depends on what, what you're going to do with that time. And uh, it's worked well for me to, to time block really 16 to 20 hours a week um, consistently still on uh, business items and then uh, the rest on, on church items. So I normally try to time block 46 hours a week. Of course, as you know, being a pastor, uh, something always comes up during the week. Uh, but time blocking, it's it's worked very well for me and it, it allows me to to reach a lot more people, quite honestly, in, in the business world as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you rub shoulders, you're going to rub shoulders with people outside of the walls of the church that you are not going to rub shoulders with in other places. And I think that's a huge advantage. And um, I, I would say also one thing I've thought about, Brandon, is a lot of times pastors, quite honestly, it's a smaller church. Some of some some guys have been ill-advised as it relates to Social Security income or taxes and so on and so forth. So there can actually even be like a financial 
blessing or benefit as well. You might be serving a church that might not be able to uh, afford a salary or at least one that would work for maybe you and your life stage with the amount of kids that you have and the, the different needs that you have. And then for me, I know one of the reasons that I continued on to do some other things outside of just pastoring is, you know, I was ill-advised years ago to get out of Social Security, something that, I mean, that's obviously between uh, the individual, the Lord or whatever, but I just recognize that there, there is some benefit, even if it's just the Medicare part of it that can can really you know something you don't want to be missing out on when you're coming to retirement year and then so what what happens is guys will not only not have that they also because of low income or bad spending habits or whatever did not take the necessary precautions to save their own money so that they can actually retire because sometimes right physical your physical condition can necessitate that you're not able to pastor and then beyond that I think there's a situation where some guys are just too old mentally, uh, emotionally to be able to continue on at the levels they were at. So I think there can be some financial uh, benefits as well, or financial needs met, if you will, by going uh, co-vocational. Now, when we think about this brand, we think about, um, you know, you brought up a challenge. Uh, what are some of the things you find besides besides the you know the obvious need to time manage? What are some of the things that you would say would be kind of challenging in the when you're when you're when you're when you're working in the two worlds? Yeah, that's a great question, and uh, just just mentally getting your mind in different blocks. Uh, so for me, it's really two days a week. I focus on uh, business items, business related items. I think it it can become difficult when you're trying to do the same thing uh, in the same day. If you're trying to study and then you're, you're keeping your email open and uh, you're checking emails and then you got a business question comes up and your mind's on that. And then you try to jump back to studying. That was some of the challenges I had early on trying to, trying to do both at the same time. And I think that comes back to uh, anything in life, you know, focusing in. And as long as you focus in your mind on one thing at a time, uh, you can definitely do it. That's been a positive experience for me. You know, I think one of the the stigmas around getting ministry is uh, you shouldn't make any money and you should uh, be available all the time and you should always be at the office. That was kind of big things growing up. I remember as uh, what a pastor should do. And uh, that that's some of the biggest challenge I think for pastors to overcome and congregations to overcome. Money's not evil. It's the love of all money and the money can be used in a lot of, a lot of great ways. And then time blocking. Yeah. I don't even have an office in our church. Our church is as uh, brother Sam's, you've seen it. It's not uh, a huge space. And so it, it didn't, it didn't make uh, sense for us to have a big office for a pastor. So I don't even have an office there. My office is at home and uh, that's where I work from. And so I, I make it work. It works well uh, for my family. And again, it, it really comes back to time blocking, being consistent, being disciplined, um, and really the same thing no matter what you're trying to do in life. Absolutely. One of the one of the things that um, I would say has driven like my calendar and some of those things is working in blocks. I am co-vocational as well. I'm a college professor and a pastor. And I do all of my college-related work on Tuesday, Thursday. So I know right off the bat, when somebody needs me or a meeting needs to be had or a phone call needs to be had, 
my initial, my response is always Monday, Wednesday, Friday. In fact, somebody just asked me a question about my availability and my initial response was, and it was in a text message, MWF is always best late morning. So I'm just telling them right now I'm available. You know, people, I think, I think the, the, the stigma of like being available in case anybody walks in the church office is just not exactly the best way to look at. I think that's a bad way to look at, you know, available, not never ending availability is just not really uh, uh, optimal for productivity um, and really helping people. I think that's a mistake, but also for your own life, those blocks you're talking about, it, you you are available. You're just available on your time as you dictate, as opposed to maybe on somebody else's time. And I think that's a real important thing, but I can see the challenges. I know me, you know, sometimes there are weeks, man, where, you know, I, I just, I've got a heavy college week, you know, maybe there's grades due or, you know, uh, a test coming up and I've got a grade test and I feel like, man, that's stretching me a little bit. I'm sure there are times that you've experienced uh, things like that too. We're stretching one way or the other. Maybe church is kind of pulling a little heavy. And so, you know, committing to eight, 10 hours of work for college, or in your case, you, you know, your, your business there uh, would be, would be really difficult. I think, you know, you just got to uh, know that's going to happen. And uh, sometimes you're going to be out of balance, but as best as you can control, uh, try to, try to stay uh, in balance uh, there. So, man, that's really, that's really cool. And I, I think guys should consider it. I think there's lots of different things you can do. I think you should maximize the kinds of skills and training that you already have uh, to take advantage of maybe the possibility of, of, of having a, another uh, uh, source of income for finances, for outreach, for, um, uh, you know, congregational uh, identification and stuff like that. I think that's all really, really great. Uh, right uh, earlier today, uh, you and I were talking about something else and you had mentioned something that really triggered uh, the kind of second reason I wanted to kind of uh, talk to you. I wanted to, I wanted to just talk a little bit about co-vocational ministry, but also I wanted to talk about uh, how business practices uh, can positively affect church function. You you were you were sharing with me earlier, and I want you to talk a little bit about this. You know, tell me, remind me, and tell our audience about the seminar, I think it was a seminar or webinar that you attended. I think it was even today, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was yesterday. And now I'll tie it together. What, what was it that you were sharing with me that was really beneficial for you both in business and in church? Yeah. So just to start, um, uh, I've seen so many similarities to the business world and pastoring a church. Uh, before I was in sales and I, I chose to get into sales, there's no limit on the potential of income, quite frankly, when I was younger and the potential for time off. But in, in a nutshell, I was selling a product. And uh, today, uh, being a pastor, there's there's really not a huge difference. I'm still uh, selling something, if you will. It's a free gift. Obviously, salvation or uh, we're leading people. Uh, to the Lord. So I, I tell a lot of the, a lot of the guys in the business world, I was selling people in their dream home, trying to get people in their dream home uh, here on earth. And I was trying to get people in their eternal home. And, you know, it really comes back to all the things in business over the years, all the seminars I went to uh, relate exactly to being a pastor, you know, discipline, mm. hard work, communication, high trust, uh, follow up, knowing your product, 
um, being confident, being passionate about it. And that's the same when you're trying to lead somebody to the Lord. They can know if you really believe in your product. They can know if you really care. And uh, high trust uh, is is crucial no matter uh, whether you're whether you're leading a church or you're you're trying to sell somebody a product. But as far as the seminar goes and, and how things relate, I was listening this morning. I had a uh, it was a webinar with a young person talking about uh, young people when purchasing homes and how you need to relate to them and how things have changed pretty dramatically. And, you know, the, the message never changes, but the methods do. And that's that was a challenge for us, especially during COVID. Uh, we met with normally 70 percent of clients in the financial world and uh, it reverted to now we meet with probably 5 percent of people. And so if you were behind that, you're out of business. Mm. And I think churches sometimes don't catch on to that or, or maybe pastors as things are changing. And one thing I learned this morning, I, we had we had discussed it was um, we focus on Facebook. That kind of uh, I'm not even on Instagram, although I will be here shortly. And what is young people, where are they grasping the message at? And the stats they showed us is zero percent are interacting on Facebook, ages 20 to 30, I think it was. It's zero percent, but it's 69 percent on Instagram. So that immediately tells you if you want to, you can have the best message, you can you can do the, the best job, and guess what? You're not reaching anybody in that age group. But if you just switch over to Instagram, uh, and have the same exact message. It's really uh, the same settings. You're going to reach a large audience. And, and so yeah. it's staying on top of those things uh, in the business world and as a church, I think, are, are really important. Yeah. And I, uh, you're, you're saying something that, that kind of has built a little bit of, of what we do here at this podcast. And that is, man, um, we should be thinking about uh, how our unchanging message can best be given to our ever-changing culture. And it's not, you know, what we're talking about right here, Brad, it's not like good and bad. You know, some, you know, this is just, it's neutral. Social media use in and of itself is neutral. So if you're going to use it, you may as well use it in a way that will best uh, identify your customer target. Now, you you know, I did, I guess I didn't even mention your business is is mortgage. That's the business that you're in, and so you you had mentioned maybe being in real estate sales or whatever for a while, but then you you know you got on the mortgage side of it. So, is it true that um, the majority of people looking for a mortgage are they in that bracket? Is that is that like the mo a more common group of people looking for those kinds of services, or is it still pretty broad? Yeah, it's it's pretty broad, and and one of the key reasons to be on social media. Another stat that eighty percent. This is pretty wild, but it doesn't matter your age. But eighty percent of people are on social media, and they're putting more trust in the social media, good or bad, than they are the news, uh, mm -hmm. than what they're listening to. So it, it's a huge factor for churches and businesses to be on social media. Um, but if you want to reach first time buyers, that's kind of the age group, and those are the uh, clientele that has the most questions. They're really looking for the most information. And as you get older, you, you've already went through the process one time. And so it's a diff different demographic uh, per se. But still, it doesn't matter your age. Social media is going to be a, a big factor in making decisions. Absolutely. And I did churches. My goodness. I mean, you know, Luke says this all the time. Luke says every church has two campuses. 
um, you've got an online campus and you've got a, your, your, your campus. And I think that is a really good way to say it. So what is being spoken in your campus out, out there at that campus? We talked a little bit about that in a previous episode, but I'm looking, I'm, I'm excited that you brought this back up again, specifically as it relates to how business practices connect. You know, Brandon, is it, is it safe to say if it's a good business practice, like a like a healthy one? I know not all good businesses are run well, but if it's a good, healthy business practice, it's probably going to be beneficial for your church, right? Yeah, you're really reaching people, right? In the business world, we need clients to keep our business open uh, for sales. In the church, we need uh, we need to be reaching people for the Lord. And uh, how are we reaching them? What are they uh what are they tuning into to hear the message? And, uh, you know, especially that younger generation, maybe not walking in the doors of your church, at least first, they want to hear you. They want to understand more about it through social media, through videos. And uh, then they, you can build trust that way to uh, build a relationship with them. Absolutely. And I mean, I, you know, and then like I, another thing that I thought about a lot of, man, here I am, pastoring, uh, you know, a large, large, medium-sized church on a, on a larger campus, a budget now, you know, I can't remember what our budget numbers is, but I mean, it's a, it's, it's not a hundred thousand, it's several hundred thousand, uh, annually. And all of a sudden, Brandon, I'm not only the pastor, but, but to the banks and to the, the, the state of Florida, where we are registered as a 501c3, I am the president of this organization. Um, and so it is true that there are business related things that happen at the church, whether it could be budgets, it could be personnel, it could be processes, um, it could be facility uses, it could be um, uh, building out a staff, it could be serving your volu- you know serving your consumer. So, so man, I mean, you know, I think that it actually would benefit pastors to take some courses or even get a degree or education or at least some certification type training in business. Is there any way like you would say, well, maybe a practical step or something that a pastor could take to sharpen maybe a, a business tactic or two? Yeah, no question. And the stats show that that one uh, factor where a lot of pastors are lacking is the financial uh, side of things. And I think it was like, I don't remember what I read the other day, but it was over 60% of pastors struggle with finances. And that is a huge deal. People like to just not think about that. And it may not be their strength, but like you just said, you can learn enough about it. Uh, we can all get better at, um, at certain things, but when you're leading a when you're leading a church as a pastor, it's like you just mentioned being the CEO of a company. And uh, we don't maybe like to talk about finances, but the reality of it is it's an important factor of uh, running the church, the ministry of the church, and uh, they can get better. And what would I tell people to start with? You know, I'm not a, I'm not all in on Dave Ramsey, but it's the simplest formula. And the simplest way is to, to grab a, uh, an audio book and listen, and you can learn the basic principles uh, that'll help you. And uh, so that's what I would do if I was a pastor struggling. It's it's simple. It's easy, easily formulas to follow. And you have to have your house in order first. You know, you can't really lead um, or give recommendations 
But once you get your house in order, you learn those factors and you can lead the church. And I would highly, highly recommend reading a lot of Dave Ramsey audio books. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ramsey. Ramsey can be helpful for sure. And, you know, there's basic words, you know, related to finances like um, budget, <laughs> debt, um, you know, payroll, um, uh bills and 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 uh what's the word bills and uh percentages like what's healthy there's there's even beyond personal finances church related finances books that you can read i'm amazed at how, how huge of a factor that's been for us i'm in year eight now and like there's there's finally breathing room uh and it sometimes it takes a while but but the, the re, I, I tell you honestly I, I had a cheat code i had somebody coming in and really help me with it a lady who's really good at it and has ran businesses before. And she, she said, I think if we do A, B, C, D, and E, it's going to bring health. And I'm telling you, man, I think snapped around quickly. And so it may be that setting right there in your church, there can be some people around you that can really help you with that deacons or, or even like I said, a lady really, really set the tone for us, build out, build around your, around your weaknesses. And that's, but, I, but I think that's also true in business, man. If you're going to have a effective business, um, you should have people around you that are that are able to gird up uh, maybe where you, you know, where you can expand to or you can't get to. And, uh, man, I, you know, I mean, management, people management, conflict management, um, conflict resolution, negotiation. I mean, man, these things I do literally every day, every day. I've got to be able to look at, understand budgets. I, I'm, I'm definitely solving a lot of conflicts as a pastor. Public speaking. I mean, what what business person doesn't have to speak in public? I mean, this is like it, it. The parallel, man, is amazing. And Jerry Vine said this one time. I kind of got my last word, and I'll, I'll have you you give us a final kind of word of encouragement to our audience. But he said, if you improve one part of your life, you will improve all of your life. And man, I think I, in fact, last year, Brandon, one of the books I read was um, uh, how to, how to grow your small business. That's the book, a book I read because technically uh, this church is a small business. And I thought, well, why not? Why not read it? And man, there were so many helpful things in that book that, I, that I'm going to take over into our church. So if I improve that part of our church, if I improve the business side of our church, I should improve the quality of our church and quality of my ministry to our church. And uh, so I appreciate the perspective that you have. Brandon, give our audience maybe a, a word of encouragement, final final thought on business, co-location, anything that maybe comes to your mind that you would leave them with. Yeah, well, I appreciate the time here. And, and just word of encouragement is you can't be all things to all people. You made a great point there. Uh, when you become a pastor, it may seem overwhelming because you literally are the CEO um, of, per se, a company. And most individuals aren't trained to be that uh, praying they're trained to preach um, and you know it's okay it's okay to ask for help it's okay to uh, get people to take over where you're weak I'm weak on uh, the secretary side um, and and volunteers are are so tremendous so hey find out what your strengths are uh, stay focused on those and uh, know where you need help and, and let people help you and uh, you know just just glorify God no matter what you're what you're doing and I'll leave you with this. I, I told a gentleman the other day, if if you're a good pastor, you would be a good salesperson. And uh, we, we actually had that. Kevin Albert, he was a pastor in Indiana, and he he got out of the ministry for a while. He worked for me. 
our business went up over 90% while mm. he was working with me. And uh, he didn't have no clue about business, but he had the uh, focus of a pastor and it related to business and he learned the basics and uh, he was extremely successful. And now he's back being a pastor. And uh, hey, it's all the same. It really goes back to the same work hard, uh, have high trust with people, uh, love people and uh, have a passion for preaching God's word. And uh, the Lord will or Lord will guide you in the right direction. Amen. And thank you, Brandon, for uh, being with us today. Thank you for your advice. More importantly than all, I thank you for your friendship. It's so uh, just great to be uh, acquainted with you and friend with you. And guys, thank you for joining in to the podcast today. We look forward to having you back uh, at our next episode. And uh, may God richly bless you as you continue to serve him and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. God be with you. Thanks again for joining us for this episode. And we really would appreciate it if you could leave us that five-star review. And then of course, share this content with your friends. We wanna help as many pastors and church leaders as we can. And be sure to of course, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you may listen to podcasts. And go ahead and subscribe to the Church Advance YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at Church Advance. This podcast is hosted by Brian Sams. It is co-hosted and produced by myself, Luke Clayton, and the team at mustincrease.com. If you want to connect with Brian, be sure to head over to his website at briansams.com. Well, we really look forward to seeing you again in the next episode as we continue to advance a reformation of fellowship, partnership, and gospel hope amongst Bible-believing pastors and churches right here on Church Advance with Brian Sams.